I woke up this morning feeling a little sad. Not sure why. Maybe it's the after Olympic blues. After 17 days of rushing home to watch the day's events, now there's nothing to watch on TV. Or is it the fact that so much money and resources were spent on these Olympics when Haiti is still rebuilding? And as predicted, everyone seems to have forgotten Haiti. Or is it that now world attention has shifted over to Chile after the 8.8 magnitude earthquake hit that country last Saturday? Actually, the world's attention doesn't seem to be shifting too much over to Chile, certainly not as much as it did with Haiti. Is it that there are other things on the news? Or is it that this earthquake was not as devastating as the one in Haiti? Well, devastation aside, Saturday's earthquake was the fifth strongest since 1900 when another 8.8 magnitude earthquake struck off the coast of Ecuador. Now, the strongest earthquake that has ever been registered on the planet was in Chile, not far from the epicenter of last week's quake, in 1960 with a magnitude of 9.5. But it's not necessarily the magnitude that makes an earthquake so bad. It's also the length. This one, last week, shook for just about two minutes. That seems interminable to me. Chilean President Michelle Bachelet says that about 2 million people were affected and that some 500,000 homes have considerable damage. The dead? Over 800 and mounting. The biggest problem that they seem to be facing is not the lack of food and water, but the looting. While looting was reported in Haiti after their quake, it was usually ascribed to people who were genuinely in need, someone stealing a bottle of water or a loaf of bread. In Chile, the government has dispatched 13,000 soldiers to secure order. But I'm not trying to make comparisons. I'm not saying that Hades was worse or that Chile does not need as much attention. A disaster is a disaster and it's appropriate for the world to respond. What is true is that the infrastructure in Chile is a bit stronger and the country is not considered to be a poor country. At any rate, as supplies roll in, the rescue efforts continue and the rebuilding begins Let's keep our Chilean brothers and sisters in our prayers, but don't forget the people of Haiti. In fact, let's pray for the whole world, for victims of disaster and devastation all over, that the God who makes all things new will renew the whole earth during this Lenten season. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro Guevara Man. I'm Chris Dimitrenko. And Mary Rose Bacani is waiting in the wings, ready to come and tell us her picks for what's happening in diocese across the country. She'll be here with us shortly. Um, but first, Chris, what's, uh, what's happening in the news? Well, Pedro, I'm going to tell you about two things that are confirmed. First of all, Cardinal William Levada's trip to North America, which is ongoing, and also the Pope going to a European country, another European country. It was announced this past week, yes. as well as two stories that haven't been confirmed. Uh, one of them is rumors of a consistory, huh. and another, a discussion about a fifth Marian dogma. R uh, good. We're looking mm -hmm. forward to hear about those stories. Um, so that'll be in about 10 minutes. And uh, tell me, Chris, you're familiar with 
Teze, right? Yeah, beautiful meditative prayers. Very, very good for Eucharistic adoration. I, I enjoy them. Yeah, that's what most people um, mm -hmm. uh, know Teze as a form of music. I think mm -hmm. you can almost even say that it's its own genre of music. Mm -hmm. But mo mo but uh, most people don't know that the Teze is actually an ecumenical community uh, based in France, in Teze, France. And that's where the style of music was developed. And every year the brothers, or some of the brothers from the Teze community travel around the world and of course, they come to Canada. They've been coming to Canada yearly for the last couple of years now. And so this week, we're going to be speaking with Brother Emil, one of the brothers from Teze, because he's been in Canada this whole past week. And uh, we'll be meeting uh, also a new artist this week. Um, I almost thought that Teze would be the artist. And we, get a chance, and we will get a chance to listen to some Teze music today. But this new artist is a family, the Richard family from Winnipeg. Um, the, they have five children and they're all, it's like the Osmonds, the Richard family, uh, so we'll be speaking with them a little later and uh, we'll begin with a song. Uh, this is the Richard family with their song, Give Thanks to the Lord. Them to safe haven. 
let them thank the Lord for his love, the wonders he does for That was the Richard family with Give Thanks to the Lord. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. You can send us emails to radio at saltandlighttv.org and our blog is at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. I'm your host, Pedro, and now it's time for events. So here with us is Mary Rose. Thank you, Pedro. So starting with Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Edmonton is hosting a weekend conference called Stand in the Light the 2010 Catholic Conference. Now this conference provides an exciting and engaging opportunity to come together to grow in faith. And you'll hear from internationally renowned speaker, David Wells, a master catechist and storyteller, as well as many local and national speakers and presentations by each of Alberta's bishops. Now this event is presented jointly by the Alberta Bishops and the Alberta Catholic School Trustees Association. So from March 12th to 13th, Friday to Saturday, this, will, this conference will take place at the Mayfield Inn and Suites Conference Center in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. For more information on the 2010 Catholic Conference and to register, please visit the conference website at catholicconference2010.ca. Now, around the same time in Saskatchewan, from Saturday, March 13th to Sunday, March 14th, there's going to be a face-to-face retreat at Sacred Heart Parish in Eston, in Eston Saskatchewan. And for you who don't know, and I'm sure we mentioned it a couple of times already before, face-to-face retreat is an opportunity for spiritual growth, and they focus on the Eucharist and the Gospel. Mm -hmm. And for uh, more information on this dynamic evangelization ministry, you can go to -to face-to-face-retreats.com. But for more information on this event in Eston, Saskatchewan, you can contact Tennille Ward at 306-962-4489. Now in Winnipeg, think fast is taking place there. It's an initiative of the Canadian Catholic Organization for Development and Peace. And this is an opportunity to learn more about global issues and to help those in the global south to build a better life. 
and so you can support the work of development and peace their partners in africa asia latin america and the middle east by collecting pledges in your school campus or parish mm. so for the archdiocese of winnipeg the following parishes are organizing think fast events and for the march 13th to 14th time that's saint augustine and brandon so for more information on how you can organize your own think fast event you can go to youth.devp.org forward slash think fast so in toronto as you know we've been going on our 40 days for life campaign yes so we're reaching the midpoint now mm -hmm. so on march 8th the archdiocese of toronto will celebrate its midpoint mass at saint charles Borromeo church at 7 p.m followed by a reception in the church hall and the celebrant is archbishop thomas collins for the mass so for more information on the midpoint mass you can contact nicole campbell at campaign life coalition by emailing her at 40daystoronto at gmail.com and that's 40daystoronto at gmail.com and to find out more about the 40 Day for Life initiative in the Toronto area, you can go to 40daysforlife.com forward slash Toronto. And in Ottawa, my last uh, event for today, mm -hmm. I mentioned this last week already on Monday, yes. March 8th, CCO or Catholic Christian Outreach welcomes Cardinal Leveda to Ottawa. And this will be their second annual fundraising gala. And the Cardinal will be speaking on, you know, why is the Catholic faith worth passing on? So for more information, including... Uh, on how you can purchase tickets, you can go to ccocanada.ca. Excellent, and and uh, I will be there. So if you're in Ottawa, going to that CCO event, um, look me up. Thank you, Mary Rose. Uh, so you will be back in a little bit to tell us a little bit more about this year's Diocesan World Youth Day, looking right. at particularly at Montreal. So uh, stay tuned. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. My name is Pedro, and coming up, we'll be hearing from Brother Emil from the Teze community. But first, here, back with us, is Chris Demetrenko. Hey, Pedro. So, Chris, we begin with this uh, important visit that's coming to Ottawa. Yes. Um, William Cardinal Leveda is the prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. Yes. And, uh, and many people say that he's effectively number three in the Vatican yes. behind. Uh, number two would be the Secretary of State, Cardinal Tartizio Bertone. Mm. And number one, well, we all know who number one is. And, uh, and the initial reason that he came to North America, it's not very often that, that this prefect is here, was for the consecration of a new chapel uh, of the Fraternity of St. Peter in Nebraska. So they celebrate the traditional Mass in the extraordinary form. And uh, he was there as part of his position as the president of the Pontifical Commission Ecclesia Dei. Mm -hmm. And this group is in charge of all the communities who celebrate the traditional Mass in the extraordinary form. Uh, after that, he went to Kingston uh, for, uh, for a talk at, uh, at Queen's University. And, uh, and it's actually on Pope Benedict's ecumenical initiatives to Anglicans. So his first, uh, his first address... Uh, dealt with the extraordinary form of the Mass, the second one, the Anglican, so two hot topics. Yeah. And uh, he'll be celebrating Mass in that city's cathedral on Sunday before going to Ottawa for one more event yep. where he'll be speaking with uh, a group, Catholic Christian Outreach, uh, and his talk is The Catholic Faith, Why Is It Worth Passing On? Mm -hmm. So it's a talk on evangelization. Mary Rose Bacani spoke about this yes, uh, last, last week, week when we previewed the event. And uh, next week, I'll, I'll share some of uh, what Cardinal Levada had to say uh, to Americans and Canadians during his trip. Mm -hmm. Now, the other story I wanted to tell you about, Pedro, 
is at this upcoming conference on a fifth Marian dogma. Yeah. Do you know all the four current Marian dogmas, Pedro? There's four. Okay, there's, there's the, four. Annuncia- uh, the, the uh, Immaculate Conception. That's right. The Assumption. I thought mm-hmm. there were only two. What's the... Well, there's her perpetual virginity. Oh, yeah, okay. That one's going all the way back to the First Lateran Council of 649. Yes. And her maternal role in the birth of Christ, the Son of God, meaning she is mother of God, Theodicus. Yeah. That goes back to 431. I did not know those two were dogmas. Well, there's a movement also to have a fifth Marian dogma, making her the spiritual mother of all humanity. Mm-hmm. And on March 25th, the Vatican Forum of Inside the Vatican Magazine and St. Thomas More College are inviting an international group of bishops and theologians for a meeting very close to St. Peter's Square, where they're going to be discussing this. Now, popes haven't spoken about too much about this recently, although... John Paul II used the title co-redemptrix, yes. which is part of like one of the elements of her spiritual maternity on six occasions. Mm. And Benedict XVI hasn't used that title, but he's often emphasized Mary's co-redemption or co-suffering with Jesus. And uh, so it could be a, a long time until we, we really find out if there's any results. But the discussion is ongoing. And if, you, if you're in Rome and you want to be a part of it, uh, it's actually open to the public. And again, that's March 25th. I'll have to keep that in mind if I'm going to be in Rome. Um, that's a fascinating opportunity, fascinating uh, topic, and a great opportunity to actually look at dogma mm-hmm. and how the church how uh, develops doctrine in terms of uh, faith, mm-hmm. matters of faith. Thank you, uh, Chris. That's uh, fascinating, two, two fascinating stories. Uh, so you're going to take a break, and you'll be back in about 20 minutes to tell us a little bit more about this uh, potential... Uh, 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 News from the Vatican that's going to make uh, some people in Canada happy and some people in Spain. Well, we hope. Happy. Yes. You're listening to Saltalight Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. In 1940, Brother Roger Schutz founded the Taizé Community, an ecumenical Christian monastic order in the town of Taizé in the region of Burgundy in France. The community has a little over a hundred brothers from about 30 countries across the world and who come from Catholic, Orthodox, and Protestant traditions. The monastic order has a strong devotion to peace and justice through prayer and meditation. The community has become one of the world's most important sites of Christian pilgrimage. Over 100,000 young people from around the world travel to Taizé each year for prayer, Bible study, sharing, and communal work. Through the community's ecumenical outlook, they are encouraged to live in the spirit of kindness, simplicity, and reconciliation. Taizé is mostly known for its music, or the music of Taizé. A hallmark of the community is that they have managed to be completely inclusive of people and traditions from all over the world. This is primarily seen through the prayers which are sung in many languages and are mostly chant-like melodies similar to those from the Eastern Orthodox tradition. The music emphasizes simple phrases, usually lines from psalms or other pieces of scripture, repeated and sometimes also sung in canon. If anyone has ever been to an evening of Taizé, you'd know what I mean when I say that it is an otherworldly experience. Now every year the brothers from Taizé take the Taizé experience and message to various parts around the world, and Canada is usually a regular stop. This year, Brother Emile was in Ottawa, London, and Toronto, and Salt and Light producer Sébastien Lacroix 
had the chance to speak to him. This is pretty much a, an annual visitation you're making through Central Eastern Canada. Uh, what is the point of the visit of this year? You've been so far to different cities and you're on the end of your journey. Yes, it all started in Western Canada in Saskatchewan. There was an invitation to give a retreat to some priests in Regina, and it was for Regina in Saskatoon, and a very nice prayer in a church in Regina uh, earlier in the month. And uh, then it was Ottawa, where very faithfully people have been praying for a long time. And uh, in Montreal, there was an invitation from the Orthodox Church, uh, which I was very happy to accept. We so this year prayer. it took place? In yes, it was last was just Saturday and it was a wonderful prayer in a full church of many many young people came to this prayer beautiful singing the music was very well done the next invitation is for Friday the 26th of February in King's College London um, and uh, where there are very good musicians that I uh, know Teze very well I've been using Teze music for a long time and uh, and then the last step will be uh, in Toronto at Holy Rosary on March 5th Friday March 5th and uh, I was there last year and it was a very beautiful prayer. Uh, this year you're presenting uh, especially the message uh, from China of uh, Brother Alois. Can you give us uh, a bit, uh, not necessarily a soundbite, but a, an overview of the message? Well, every year at Teze we publish a letter. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an open letter addressed to everyone who comes to Teze who takes part in the Teze meetings and this year Brother Alois who is Brother Roger's successor, Brother Roger founded the community in 1940 but after his death in 2005 he, Brother Alois started to be the prior of the community and continued the tradition started by Brother Roger to write an annual letter. This year it's called Letter from China because he wrote it while living in China at the end of 2009. It's the theme letter for 2010. Uh, the theme that I'm most interested in talking about this year in Canada is how can we rejoice in our thirsting? We are thirsty, we are hungry, those are themes of the gospel. Sometimes we, are, we think of the frustration of not having what we don't have. And the gospel has this strange invitation, rejoice when you are thirsty and hungry. So I wanted to talk about that using the gospel, of course, and, and the letter from China. It's always a, a joy for us to have you back thank you. among us. Thank you very much. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and that was a conversation with Brother Emile of Teze with Salt and Light producer Sebastian Lacroix. For more information on Teze, you can visit their website, teze.fr. That's T A I Z E dot F R. And here now, from the music of Teze, is O oh Lord, hear our prayer.
That was O Lord Hear My Prayer from the music of Teze. Now coming up, we will be speaking with our featured artist of the week, the Richard family. Uh, but before that, here again with us is Chris with some more news from the Vatican. That's right. Um, now, you remember that not long ago there was a consistory, just a, a couple weeks ago, yes. where they named a number of new saints. Yes. And one of them was, was Brother Andre from, yes. uh, from Montreal, Montreal, so very exciting for Canadians. Well, uh, three prominent Vatican journalists are all predicting another consistory for the weekend of November 20th and 21st. And this consistory, which is uh, a simplified explanation, would be it's a, a meeting of members of the Roman Curia with the Pope, will be discussing the creation of cardinals. Okay. Now, the fact that three Vatican journalists uh, all reported on this on the same weekend suggests to some that, I don't know, maybe it was a coordinated leak. Yeah. They're all emphasizing that there's going to be 19 nominees bringing the College of Cardinals to 120 voting members. So if there is a conclave, we pray not one very soon. Uh, that there will be 120 people who can vote. Okay. And, uh, and while the Archbishop of New York, Timothy Dolan, said he wouldn't expect to be named in an mm. interview recently, he's on these three lists. Yes. And so is Archbishop Vincent Nichols of Westminster. And, uh, and why those two are particularly significant is because there are two other cardinals that, that uh, Cardinal Emeritus mm -hmm. is that they have replaced who are under 80. If you're under 80, you can still vote for a pope. Okay. So that means there'll be two voting cardinals from, from the same from those two same cities. Okay. And no U.S. or, or United Kingdom C has ever boasted two voting cardinals at once. Interesting. Also on the list are you know mostly European or members of the Roman Curia, but there is another American who is a member of the Curia, Archbishop Raymond Burke, oh. prefect of the Apostolic Signatura, so he's like the Chief Justice of the Vatican. And uh, the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem, Archbishop Fouad Twell, if you're watching the papal visit coverage, he was always standing next to the Pope during yes. that papal visit. He has uh, the Bishop for the Holy Land, effectively. And then there's Archbishop Thomas Collins of Toronto. Toronto. And Toronto's used to, to having a, uh, a Cardinal, Cardinal Ambrosic, um, uh, who Cardinal is retired Carter, now, yes. and Cardinal Car Carter. Uh, so hopefully this will, will work out for our city, Toronto, and... Uh, and those 18 other cities that are, are now expecting this. Yes. Now, this hasn't been confirmed, but what has been confirmed is that the Pope is going to Spain. Yes. And you know, Pedro, it's been hard to keep track of all the papal visits because there's been five announced for this year. Mm -hmm. Malta in April, Portugal in May, Cyprus in June, Great Britain in September, and this is the fifth. Uh, part of the reason he's coming is, uh, is for the consecration of a chapel that was began in 1882, but was never consecrated, called La Sagrada Familia mm -hmm. in Barcelona. Then he's going to be going to uh, the site of the Camino de, Com de Santiago de Compostela. Have you ever Very walked good. this pilgrimage? No, I haven't, but it's on my list of things to do before I turn 50. Well, it's, it's a holy year for the Compostela because the Feast of St. James falls on a Sunday. Yes. And it's, uh, it's said that he is actually buried there. Yes. And, uh, and so that's part of the reason why the Pope is going there this year, even though he's expected to go back to Spain next year. For yes, World for Day. World Youth Day. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh, so much for the Holy Father being, they said that he's, he's older and more tired and he's not going to be traveling as much. Clearly, he's very interested in traveling. And I'm wondering if he's actually going to do some of the Camino. Do you think he'll walk? Oh, that would be for incredible. A, for a couple days. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Maybe not a couple days, no, a couple but... Of days. Uh, 
Um, uh, who knows? It's phenomenal. I have been to Santiago de Compostela. I just haven't done the Camino. Um, mm. It's it's a very uh, it's a very neat city, and of course, it was the site of uh, of host host city of World Youth Day mm. in in uh, 1989. And you wonder if if you know now that a trip for November has been announced, if there's going to be any more trips this year. No, well, he's going to be busy. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Anyway, thank you, Chris, for those uh, stories. Uh, Chris Dimitrenko, our Salt and Light Radio News producer. And as always, we'd love to hear your comments. If you'd like to uh, share your ideas, your comments on anything you hear on this program, send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. I'm John Dawson, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159, XM 117. What happens when two parish musicians meet and get married? Well, they continue being involved in parish music. But when their children begin to show musical talent as well, that throws a new element into the mix. And that's exactly what happened to Mary and Louis Richard, who had just recorded their first CD with their five children, Nicole, Cecile, Catherine, Daniel, and Anna. Here now is their song, Hail Mary, from their new album, calling you.
And that was the Richard family with Hail Mary. Now, Mary and Louis join us now on the phone from their home in Winnipeg. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I just want to go, ba- go back because you always, every time you talk about your story, you start with either before your wedding or your wedding day. And, and what really strikes me is that, um, I, I don't know if I can call it maybe like the mission that you mm-hmm. set out when you got married that you will sing forever the wonders of his love. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> so, um, but Louis, you're, I mean, you're a musician, but you're not a musician. You're a meteorologist. That's correct. I, uh, I'm a meteorologist working for Environment Canada. And Mary, you were a, a phys ed teacher. Well, actually, I, um, I did my degree in music oh, at okay. university, but I did my teaching degree in music and phys ed, ended up with a music and phys ed job <laughs> when I first first started teaching. Okay, good. So yeah. then let me ask Louis then first, yeah. how does music fit into your whole, I guess, into your life? Bef- okay. Uh, I grew up in a, a fairly large family uh, with 13 children and music for the family I grew up in with was very much a, a big part of our life. Um, music at church, uh, my brothers and I uh, played in a band. And so, uh, yeah, music was uh, always a big part. But um, as I grew in my faith, uh, my you know my my music related to faith uh, blossomed, and I've, that's where I'm, uh, definitely my focus is for many years now. And then clearly, you I mean you uh, you both had this musical thing, and you were involved as Paris mus- musicians uh, before you before you even met each other. Um, I, I like the the analogy of a life a married life. We will sing forever the wonderful of, of his love. But right. clearly, this is not just symbolic. Right. I mean, literally, you're, you 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 had a sense that you would be singing together <laughs> the wonders of his love. <laughs> yes, because you know when we we beca- when we met and we began doing music in our parish in Toronto, um, we we enjoyed singing together so much, um, and and it seemed that when we sang music that was prayerful, uh, well, people told us that you know something really beautiful would they would experience of God's presence. So we um, we enjoyed doing music through parish. Life and then when we got married, we just knew that we'd have to keep on. That it it was definitely a part of who we were as a couple, and uh, and and as as children came along, um, you know, when we'd have our family prayer times, it mm. all, music was always involved. Course, you know, of course. Um, and right from when the kids were little. So now, would you say that it, is it fair for me to say that that has become sort of like a mission statement for your family? Or has it changed the mission yeah. for your family? Well, it's it, it's always evolving. Uh, music, um, as a fa- uh, playing music as a family, first of all, is a mission for the family itself. You know, our prayer times were uh, always had lots of music in it, mm-hmm. and um, the uh, the kids just naturally started uh, you know growing in their musical skills and so on, and so it's blossomed. So that was not just in our family, but we started to share it with others more and more. And that part has simply grown over the years. Right. And uh, we 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 appreciate the faith that's in our family, and we're so wanting to share our faith with others. And so yes, it becomes a mission like that. Yeah, I don't think we've um, like we didn't sort of say to our kids, "This is this is what we're going to do." It it just naturally um, came about that as we played music together, we. You know, we were soon invited as a family to play at mass, and right. like once the kids were older, and then we were always involved in in the, uh, the charismatic renewals, uh-huh. doing music ministries. So the kids just naturally joined us um, in the music ministry, 
and uh, and then we began to be invited out to sing at um, you know old folks homes or do concerts right. or fundraisers or so it's it's just sort of evolved on its own and and as the kids have grown in their faith then they're able to um, mm-hmm. bring their own faith to the music as well so yeah yeah just just a note for anyone that might be joining the program at this time you're listening to Salt and Light Radio my name is Pedro and we're speaking with Mary and Louis Richard from the Richard family. Um, I, I was going to ask you about exactly that because it, it's nice and convenient that all your children are showing musical talent, but mm-hmm. what, what had happened had there been one who, who didn't, you know, or, or like how does it work? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's the real question. How does it work? How does the dynamics work in terms of you as parents, but then you also as music teachers, leaders, yeah. music directors? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, you know, I, I guess it's all by the grace of God. We, we, you know, you respond as your family changes and evolves, and uh, as parents, you always have to be sensitive to your children's desires and so on. And uh, you just can't force things. It just has to evolve under, under the grace of God or else it's forced, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not like... Uh, you know, the children are always 100% wanting to do everything we want to <laughs> work out that way. Right. But mostly it does, and uh, it's a joy. It, it ends up being a mm-hmm. pleasure for the bunch of us together, you know. Okay, well mm-hmm. then t- tell me, tell me uh, about the family. Uh, in, l- introduce us to the, to the kids. Who are they? What, what do they play? What, what are their roles in the musical? Right. Uh, right. Well, um, my oldest daughter, Nicole, is in second year university, and she's studying music therapy. Uh-huh. And she, on the CD, she played a lot of piano uh, music. She did some of the vocal leads. And, uh, of course, we all sang uh, various harmonies and, yeah. and that. Um, and Cecile, our second oldest, is just getting into university now and applying for vocal performance. And uh-huh. she did, uh, again, some of the vocal leads. Um, her strength is probably her singing, although she's a great piano player, and um, and she knows you know other instruments too. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine, our third, is fifteen, and she she did um, much of the piano accompaniments for for the CD, and did one of the song leads and um, sang other stuff with us. Right. Daniel is thirteen, and he did all the drumming for the for the songs. Right. And, uh, he just seemed to have rhythm, and he, he he seemed to enjoy rhythm more than singing. Although he's in a, a boys' choir mm-hmm. in the area, so he he does sing and he's got a beautiful voice. But he seems to really enjoy the drumming. Right. Um, Anna, our youngest, is ten, and um, on the CD did some of the singing parts, a couple couple of the songs on her own too. So right now, and just beginning to play instruments now. Yeah. And and then the rest of the instruments, the bass, or some of the other solo instruments. Did you right. get other musicians, or do you? Do uh, you no, we we did all that ourselves. We uh, we used some MIDI. Um, okay. Work. We uh, I did some of that, the oboe and okay. the flute parts. I did with uh, synthesizer, okay. keyboard, because I'm a keyboardist myself, yeah, piano yeah, player. Yeah. So and Lou Lou did all the. Uh, bass and All the bass and guitar was okay. So. Yeah. Good. And who writes uh, most of the songs, or are they shared as well? M- Mary yeah. wrote most of the songs. Um, I wrote a couple of them. Uh, so in terms of composition itself, it's just the two of us. Okay. And the arranging was definitely a, a family uh, effort as we made our way through the recording. Yeah. What was exciting was we would take a song and we'd say, okay, this is what kind of effect. Like for example, um, 
you know, Mystical Rose was one of them. We, mm-hmm. we said, we, we want to have a mystical sound. Yeah. And so we, uh, I gave some ideas on the keyboard to my daughter. And then she took that and developed it herself and created these, you know, in my mind, really beautiful accompaniments that mm-hmm. seemed suitable. So for us, it was really an exciting process to watch them apply their own talents and really exceeding our, our abilities in, in, in a lot of cases. Yeah. And, uh, Let me ask you this, because I, uh, I, I see as a family and, and participating at Mass together in terms of your music and, and coming together in your prayer time is one thing, and, I, and, and, that's, it's, and that's beautiful in itself. Yeah. Why did you feel the, the calling to, to record it and put out an album? What a great question. Uh, well, we had always desired to do so. Um, but of course, when you're raising children, even an option, yeah. or at least it's not very much an option unless you want to neglect the kids. But yes. as they got bigger, and of course, were coming forth in their own musical abilities, uh, you know, it was we always prayed, you know, to be know, know when we could start such a project. And uh, all I can say is that we uh, we thought about it a little more seriously a couple of years ago, and then. Uh, we looked for a little bit of help financially and received that from a good friend, and okay. uh, it just things just took off from there. And so the timing was right, and the yeah, timing, timing seemed right, right at that point. And yeah. the, I guess the children would have been excited by it, or at least agreed to it. Yeah, I think I don't think they really sort of had a sense of a vision of where this was going. Like we we more had Louie and I probably were most excited because it's something we had dreamed about for so right. many years, and really had kind of let the dream go because we were raising a family and thought that was a higher priority but when it when everything fell into place um they just kind of came along for the ride and, mm-hmm. and worked with with us and uh, and i think more of the excitement has come as as response has come from the cd right you know it wasn't just sort of first it was maybe mom and dad's project but now i think they're starting to see the value that they've added into it, just from comments from people so right you know there, a little to add a little bit uh we had the opportunity to sing as a family at a few occasions, not just mass, but in other other situations, and uh, really enjoyed it and, and saw you know all right. the potential. So that was part of the decision making as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as part of the proceeds of the album are going to support a project in Uganda. Yes, um, my daughter went to Uganda in 2007, uh, part of a, uh, of a mission trip, mm-hmm. and uh, of course met a lot of people there and uh, uh, met a nun who takes care of uh, AIDS orphans. Yeah. And uh, I think it's underneath the diocese there, Tororo, I think it's called the diocese. But in any case, um, uh, this nun also was making an effort to be self-sufficient, not to draw on other funds. And so she's trying to make, uh, uh, I guess, a rooming house or like a motel that would generate funds for her to carry on helping the AIDS orphans. And so that's where, uh, you know, she mentioned it to lots of people. And Nicole has made efforts on her own to send money. But... uh, uh, when we made the CD, we thought, well, look, let's let's take one third of what we make ourselves and pass it on to her. So it's it's been good so far. Uh, it's been wonderful to be able to send money down there. Good. And and any any new projects coming along, or any ideas for a second CD? We have <laughs> ideas. <laughs> um, we we're just kind of recovering from the first because it was it was really quite an intensive year for our whole family. Yeah. Um, but um, we do have another some ideas for another one if you know if that works out in the near future yeah there's more songs but uh, we need to take a rest from the first one and uh, let the uh, let the first one sell itself and then we'll uh, 
then we'll think yeah, and I'm that. sure as as the children grow up, also they will be writing their own songs and maybe moving away, or things might change in that respect. Yeah. So who knows? I know, and that that is the the thing is like the timing was was so um, so good right now because they're still all at home, so we can see that the you know they're edging out slowly and uh, what it will be like. You know, the, the timing is sure of the essence because <laughs> right now we've got them with us. So yeah. It's been great talking to you both. Uh, we, we certainly have enjoyed uh, listening to the music. Uh, you, you're doing great work, not just with the music, but also bringing up uh, your, your, your strong family. So thank, thank you for you. sharing your thank story you. with us. Thank okay, you very much, Thank you very much. That was Mary and Louis Richard. You can get more information about them and uh, about how to purchase their CD. The CD is called Calling You at their website. It's uh, familyrichard.ca, familyrichard.ca. Um, and now here is their song from that same album, We Are Waiting. And know that soon my love 
That was our Artist of the Week, or rather, our Artists of the Week, the Richard family, with their song, We Are Waiting. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org, and our blog can be read at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And here now, back with us, is Mary Rose to tell us uh, about uh, what's happening in Montreal coming up. That's right, because in three weeks, as you know, we'll be celebrating Palm Sunday weekend, which is also when the di- when the Diocesan World Youth Day celebrations take place mm-hmm. all over the all over the world. So I wanted to take a look at how the Diocese of Montreal is handling their own preparations for their own World Youth Day. So I spoke earlier with Isabel Correa, who works in the Youth Ministry Office for the Archdiocese of Montreal. Hello, Isabel. Thanks for joining us for Salt and Light Radio. Hey, great to be here. Now, the Diocesan World Youth Day is this coming Palm Sunday, March 28th. How is your Archdiocese celebrating that day? Well, we celebrate it on the Saturday, so we've brought up a new tradition calling it Palm Saturday. (laughs) And uh, we start off at, uh, it's a uh, three-step process. We start up at, uh, at a local church where everyone gathers for two catechesis venues, one in French, this year being given by uh, Tiamo Theatre Group, and one in English being given by Net Ministries. We move on to St. Patrick's Basilica, have the blessing of the palms there, and then we move on to the cathedral to celebrate the Palm Sunday Mass with our Archbishop uh, Jean-Claude Turcotte. Now, I know you have a specific theme for this day. What is it? The theme for the day is, Lord, what must, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And how are you uh, living out that theme? How, what's your objective like for the day? The objective for the day is to explore different ways that uh, the different answers that the Lord gives to us. And basically, it's really to put all of our gifts, all of our talents to the service of the community, to love thy neighbor, to, to be able to sacrifice for one another. And that's really at the heart of this event. We have young people preparing and leading their peers uh, to prayer, worship, reflection, celebration, uh, and, and a public display of their faith here in Montreal. Now, I know that you are, you're, you're getting your group together to go for World Youth Day, the International World Youth Day in Madrid, Spain, next year. And how are your young people preparing for this? Uh, it's very exciting. We're getting numerous phone calls every day about different groups uh, trying to decide which package they want to choose. Here at the Archdiocese, we offer uh, a, 10 different packages that people can choose from. Uh, and uh, this, is, uh, this is what drums up the most enthusiasm, is trying to decide which pilgrimage site they will want to go 
to before prior to Days in the Diocese and uh, Madrid itself. So it's drumming a lot of enthusiasm, and the ways uh, they prepare is, uh, is by participating in some of these events, uh, local gatherings in their parish. Uh, there's a lot of emphasis also put on the fundraising, but we're trying to work at that it's that that not be the only um, place we place our energy, but it's really in the transformation of our society. And the idea is to get all these young people to uh, live out their faith 24-7. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Isabel, for joining us. No problem. It was great to be here. So that was Isabel Correa, Director of Youth Ministry for the Archdiocese of Montreal. To find out more information about the World Youth Day celebrations in Montreal on March 28th, 27th, for them, go to diocesemontreal.org. You can also email Isabel at jeunesse at diocesemontreal.org. Yes, and uh, that's good to know. I'm sure that there are diocesan World Youth Day events in dioceses across, as you said, the world, that's and right. there will be in other cities in Canada, so we will uh, let you know as, as, as we find out where they are and what's happening. So thank you, Mary Rose. Uh, remember, let us know what is happening in your diocese. Let us know about your events. Send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Mann. And I'm Mary Rose Bacani. Now be sure to tune in tomorrow, Sunday, March 7th, for a special documentary, A Tradition of Good Help, The Sisters of Bon Secours. That's highlighting The Sisters of Good Help tomorrow, Sunday, March 7th, at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And on Tuesday, In Your Faith continues with uh, new episodes um, about the sacraments. So this week, Byron and Rosanna look at the sacrament of marriage, the episode everybody, everybody's been waiting for. <laughs> so that's In Your Faith on Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. And on March 11th, Thursday, we will be broadcasting the special mass with His Eminence, William Joseph, uh, Cardinal William Joseph Leveda, He's the prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith from the Cathedral of Notre Dame in Ottawa. So that's the event that we were talking about last week, and I mentioned it today about last week, and Chris also mentioned it today, so you've heard enough about it. But the Mass with Cardinal Levedo, which will be in Ottawa on Monday, will be broadcast on Thursday, March 11th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And on Friday, we have a movie. This one is called The Messiah, Prophecy Fulfilled. It's a compelling gospel drama which takes place in Israel on the first Passover following Christ's death and tells the story of a rabbi who, after becoming a follower of Christ, is challenged to convince his own family that the long-awaited Messiah has finally come. It sounds like a really, really interesting <laughs> film. I think I, I know what I'm going to be doing Friday night. So on Friday night, Pedro, you can tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's on Friday, March 12th. Yes, and that's it for now. Remember to read our blog, saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And if you missed any part of this broadcast, you can always go to saltandlighttv.org forward slash radio to listen to or download all of our Salt and Light radio programs. And please comment on anything you hear on this program, things that you like, things that you don't like, suggestions that you have. Send us mail, radio at saltandlighttv.org. And that's all for today. Thank you for being with us. I'm Mary Rose Pekin. And I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been Salt and Light Radio.